Hello and welcome to the Tape Community Podcast. This is episode 22 and our guest today is Nathan Prosser from Heartland Coffee. Nathan came to Tape to talk to us about what he does at Heartland Coffee. Goodbye for now. Please, can you introduce yourself? Yeah, so uh, I'm Nathan, uh, Nathan Prosser, and uh, I'm involved at Heartland Coffee Roastery. Uh, we're in Llandidno on, on Builder Street, mm-hmm. um, and we roast out of Unit 3 on Court Roger Mostyn at the moment. Um, we're actually about to move to Unit 6 in the same courtyard uh, in the next couple of weeks. Uh, and in there, we've got a bigger space, and we're putting in a, a coffee bar as well. So at the moment, our main business is roasting coffee and sending it out wholesale to businesses. Um, but we're putting in a coffee bar so people can come in and sit in the roastery and have a coffee that we roasted and watch us operating and stuff at the same time. So, yeah. How did you start in your work? Uh it goes back a bit further than than the sort of recent past, really. When I was when I was about seventeen, um, my sister bought me a, a coffee brewer, a stovetop kettle, which sits on sits on the hob uh, and heats the water in the bottom, and it boils up through the coffee, uh, and you get a nice cup of coffee out of it. And she bought me a really nice bag of coffee with it, and uh, from there, I was really interested in in how it tasted light and bright and fruity because it was an African coffee which is quite common in African coffees and it, it sort of it spurred me on to go and find other coffees that I could brew and see how they tasted differently uh, and so I carried that interest for for almost 10 years and until uh, a few years ago uh, a friend of mine who runs a coffee shop in Flandidno and in Flandidno Junction called Providero um, when Malcolm at the roastery was taking someone on, uh, John, who owns Providero, said, you need to go and do that job because I was really interested in coffee, but also someone who could sort of work quite hard and sort of get stuff done. Uh, so I guess it, it just came from like a really organic interest and love for coffee and, and the variance that you can get from it. So that's sort of, I just loved coffee and got recommended to go and work there and lucky enough, got the job. What is your normal working day like? And do you have to do it at week, have to work at a week in the weekend? Uh, no, I don't work at weekends, which is great. Um, occasionally, uh, occasionally I have to call in and, and do do a favour for a customer who might have some equipment that they're having a problem with, or someone might accidentally run out of coffee. But generally, we don't work at weekends. Uh, a normal working day. Uh, it, it varies. So a big part of our business is obviously getting bags of coffee out of the door uh, with the courier every day to be delivered to the cafes, restaurants, hotels, uh, all sorts of things like outdoor centres that we supply coffee to. Um, so it involves a lot of bagging up of, of coffee and sort of getting that in boxes, depending on what people have ordered, and then getting that ready to be collected by the courier. Um but there are other things that we do, like, like I said before, I do a lot of sample roasting. So when we get the list of coffees through from our supplier that they are offering that month, uh, there might be something that takes our interest that we've never had before. So part of my job is to sample that on our tiny little sample roaster. Where I roast about 150 grams of coffee and then taste that. And then we'll see how I want to roast it in, in the larger roaster. So the big roaster we've got at the moment will roast us 15 kilos of coffee in one go. Um, so I might spend a day sampling something and 
doing things like taking all the details and the stats and the moisture levels and all sorts of things from the beans um, and then getting that ready to go into production. I also might be sending out quotes to people who want to start a cafe and want to know how much a coffee machine and all the equipment's going to cost them. Um, yesterday I spent my day in London. Uh, we've got some customers in London. Uh, so I went to go and see one of our customers and visit uh, one of our suppliers as well and then visited some other coffee places just to sort of get some inspiration and see what, what other people in the coffee world are doing. So the one thing that I definitely do every day is send coffee out of the door and bag it up and get it ready, but everything else is it's just whatever needs doing. It, it's always good fun, definitely always good fun. What are some of the places you go to to find different types of coffee beans? Um, so I haven't been lucky enough to travel to travel to places like South America and Africa just yet. I'm sure I'll get to at some point. Uh, but I know sort of we, we trust our suppliers really uh, when it comes to sourcing the coffee. Uh, next February, I think we're looking at potentially having a trip out to Honduras. Uh, we do as much what we call direct trade coffee as we can, which means that we buy the coffee directly from the farmer. So we don't buy it from our supplier at that point they go out and they source the best coffees they can. Mm. They then let everyone know uh, what coffees are available and you enter into a direct trade agreement. So we pay a really good price for the farmer uh, for their coffee per ton uh, and we're then committed to that on a year yearly basis and we get their, their whole lot once a year. So if they're on a certain farm and they've got a lot which can produce 700 kilos, we take that off them every year. Um, but apart from that, we rely on our suppliers and reading information about the different coffees before we buy them. And we might get a sample to test and then see if we like it from there. But we have coffee from all across what's called the coffee growing belt, which basically goes from South and Central America, quite close to the equator, all the way across to sort of Indonesia. So different parts of Africa, South Central America, uh, India even, and then places like Sumatra uh, and Papua New Guinea and places like that so all across the world we get coffee from. What sort of coffee and teas do you sell? Uh, speciality is, is the answer <coughs> I guess so we only really sell uh, we try and only really source coffees that are of a certain grade so there's a, an organisation called the Speciality Coffee Association uh, and all coffee can be scored against their against their sort of marking system, if you like. So we generally only have coffees which come in the higher bracket, which is sort of 82 out of 100 and above. Um, and then we have, a, it's not the same sort of system with the tea, but we, we definitely go for the same thing with our tea. So we buy our tea from a company in Germany who source it from all over the world. Can I ask uh, you a question? Of course, yeah. Uh, you know how you said you source it like 82 out of something? Um, yes. Why do you not go for like, uh, you know, numbers that are Maybe lower? Uh, because of taste. Um, so what we're aiming for is the coffees that taste the best and offer the best sort of consistency for our customers. Um, coffees that are slightly lower in grading uh, might fall into different parameters. So there's two main, if you like, species of coffee, and, and one of them's called Robusta and one of them's called Arabica. Uh, and Robusta unusual is, names. Robusta is cheaper. It can be grown at sea level, uh, and it's got a really really high caffeine content which means it'll give you a, a big bang and headache um, and it also doesn't taste 
as nice as Arabica because it has higher caffeine and therefore higher chemical content. Whereas with Arabica, it's harder to grow. You have to grow at a higher altitude, but you get better flavors out of it. Um, so, for example, the main coffee we sell is is what's called our espresso blend. I don't know why people sort of you know grow that kind of you know coffee bean. You said that the cheaper can, one, you know, gives you like headaches on yeah. that. Why people you know like uh, you know grow that? So it's it's because it's cheaper, and some people don't care if the coffee tastes nice or not. They just want to be able to sell a coffee. So unfortunately, some people like the cheaper stuff, and they can send it out of the door. And sometimes what people will do will mix the two, so they'll get a little bit of the more expensive one, and then they'll get loads of the cheaper one and mix them together. So there is some flavour in there, but it generally it's cheaper, and they can just ship that out of the door. Who do you sell your coffee to? Um, we've we've got a lot of customers. Um, I don't know how many exactly. Uh, we we sell coffee to people down as far as London. Um, We've, most of our customers are in North Wales these days, uh, but then also further afield into Chester and Manchester and other places dotted about as well. Uh, but in terms of types of businesses, because uh, our main business is selling business to business, so we sell to things like cafes, hotels, restaurants, we have outdoor centres, uh, we now supply, as of quite recently, uh, the college in Rose, so Flandershire College. Uh, so that goes into their bistro. Uh, and the restaurant, and we're also going to be involved in the teaching programme as well there on their uh, hospitality and catering course. Um, but we do we do sell retail coffee as well. So people can call into the roastery and buy a bag of coffee to take home that, that they might want to you know, make themselves in a cafeteria or whatever in the morning. Uh, when we move to our new facility, obviously we're putting a, a coffee bar in. So at the moment, we've got loads of machinery. We can make coffees. We've got all the kit that you need. So sometimes people call in for a bag and we really enjoy being able to, to give our coffee to people because uh, otherwise they might not get to experience it unless they go to one of our, the cafes that we supply. Uh, and certainly the different coffees that we're already ro- always roasting. So sometimes people will come in to buy a bag and we'll make them a coffee and they can just take it with them. We just, we just like being able to make coffee for people that they can drink and enjoy. But in the new facility, uh, it's going to be a bit more a part of our business where... We'll have a dedicated bar and a seating area for people to come and sit and drink. But yeah, so mainly business to business sales, but a little bit of retail as well. What type of coffee beans do you look for? Uh, so that's going back to the question you asked before, which is so that links in well. It's like the the arabica, the arabica beans is what we look for. Um, within arabica, there are tons and tons of subspecies, and they all taste very different. So uh, to name a few examples, and, and so many people haven't heard of these things, so it's not, it's not a drama if people are sort of thinking that, that means nothing to me. Within Arabica, there are varietals, for example, Pacamara. Um, Pacamara beans you probably find from South America, which taste quite chocolatey and nutty. And um, that's because of the... Just ask you a question. You yeah. know, you said that you get, like, you know, actual coffee beans in. Do you yes. also, like, you know ground them down into a powder that yes, you've seen like um into you know powder that you see in, in the like, stores. Yeah. You, know, you so, see them in like uh, like glass jars in stores. Okay, yeah. So so what we do is when we buy when we buy coffee beans we get them what's called green. So they've been harvested in, in whatever country they were grown in. So 
interesting fact is uh, coffee beans are cherry stones. Um, not cherries like you would go and buy from the shop and eat. They look very different. They wouldn't taste very nice to eat, but it oh, is a type of cherry. not the type of stones that you probably find in a no, cherry. No, <laughs> they're a bit different to that. Uh, but they are a cherry nonetheless. So they harvest the cherry and they but wash I don't the... understand how they can be a cherry when they're a bean because the cherries don't look like beans when you look at them. So it's the stone from inside. So you know how you eat a cherry that you might find in the shop? It's got yeah. a stone inside, like a pip. It's essentially that, but they're a different, a different type of cherry. But it's the stone from inside. And then they dry it, and then it's not cooked at that point, and that's how we buy it. So we buy it dried and green. We then buy it, and we have a machine which we put it into, and it roasts the coffee to develop the flavours. So if it was a South American coffee, it's probably going to taste quite chocolatey, just because of the soil that it's grown in, it's got quite a lot of uh, natural, naturally occurring sugars and stuff in the soils. Uh, whereas if you were in Africa, the soil is quite acidic, so the coffees are a lot more brighter and acidic and fruity in their nature. So we try and roast it to suit what flavours the coffee has in it naturally. So the coffee flavours that you find in the drink depend on where the, the beans that have been grown, yeah. like what country they came from. Yeah. My word. Yeah, totally. So... Uh, the thing that makes an apple taste like an apple is an acid called malic acid. So if you have a coffee that's been grown in a soil that has a lot of malic acid in it, you might find apple sort of flavours within your coffee just because Strange. of that. It's nice to know about all these things. Yeah, people find it really interesting. Like People sort of think, you know, coffee is just coffee and you, you just sort of drink it and, and get on, but there's a, there's a lot to um, it. A coffee beans uh, sort of similar to like um, what you find in the rainforest called Cocoa beans. Yes, yes, they are. Uh, when people make chocolate out of cocoa beans, they go through a really similar process. So uh, people might find them and sort of buy them in and then see how is best to, because they roast them before they then turn them into the chocolate and see how best they get the best flavours out of the beans that they've got. So it's a really similar thing. Um, do you think of yourself as an entrepreneur? Entrepreneur? Uh, yeah. Um not really uh, for, a, for a few reasons so entrepreneur uh, is obviously someone who's really interested in, in the business side of things um, and although obviously and I thought you, know, you would have been an entrepreneur like thought for yourself as one because uh, as you mentioned you are like uh, you know very interested in coffee and, uh, yeah. and uh, how it's made and that I guess I guess the reason that I don't um, is because I'm. I, mean, I know we all have to. You know, you gotta you gotta pay the bills and stuff. You've you've got to make money to be able to buy the beans, and so you are dealing with a business side of things. But I totally see see myself as someone who is involved in this business for for the enjoyment, for the love of the coffee, and the passion. And for me, what stimulates me is going and sitting in a cafe who that we supply sort of, you know, without my Heartland T-shirt on and no one knows who you are. Um, yeah, everyone who's drinking a coffee there and enjoying it, it's come from what we do. And you can sit and you can listen to people. And you, it happens a lot, and I don't get to experience it enough, but it happens every time I go somewhere, you'll hear someone talking about how nice the coffee is and how much they're enjoying it. Um, and that that's what stimulates me, the... the the sort of the business, running the business, the making the money, it doesn't stimulate me, but it needs to be done, and it's something that I know about. Do you do any other like um, 
like uh, hot drinks apart from like coffee and tea, like uh, like cappuccinos or something. So cappuccinos are something that you could make with the coffee that we supply. Um, so if you were to add a certain type of milk to your coffee, then you would have a cappuccino. So we supply like the coffee. Um, something like a what people call a latte. Yeah, so that's a similar sort of thing with a little bit more milk than a cappuccino. That's a bush coffee. <laughs> I know all about that. Do you have any advice for anyone setting up their own business? Um, I'd, I'd always really encourage someone to to try and try and do things well, try and really like aim for quality. I think I think if you can be at the top of your game. Um, would never be advice. Just always follow your dreams. Yeah. So if you've got if you've got aspirations to run a coffee shop, um, then just go. You know, source the best coffee you can. Get some really good equipment, and make absolutely wicked coffee for people because they will come back if you're serving the nicest coffee around. Whereas, if people are trying to cut cost and just do things on a lower level, you might not end up putting out the best quality product and sort of lose lose your way a bit and not end up doing that and you know not achieving the thing that you started to sort of you aim to achieve but definitely the thing for me is try and not compromise on quality um if you can just have have the best or offer the best you can within your means and you know we're all sort of constricted by money i guess at some point if someone was setting up a business there will be a point where, you know, they haven't got any more money to spend on things. But as far as you can, definitely invest in absolute quality and just get good advice. Be involved with good people who are willing to help you and will help you. And I think things like that will get you a long way because if you can build good relationships with someone... Mainly just don't listen to people who probably try and drag you down. Totally, absolutely not. Yeah, you just, you've just got to go for it and, and just sort of... If you've got an aim and a dream... There'll be people who are out there out there who will help you. And if there are people who you feel like are pulling you back, then you probably just don't need their advice. How many people work in your business? Um, there are there are there are just five of us. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Heartland Coffee is owned by uh, Malcolm and his wife Tara. Mm-hmm. And they they moved to the UK from New Zealand about twenty years ago, uh, and started started roasting coffee, pretty much when they came over because they couldn't get a decent cup of coffee back in the day when they moved to London, uh, and they were just roasting on their kitchen worktop for themselves, mm-hmm. and they roasted in London for for about ten years and then moved up here about five years ago, and then since then, uh, they've taken on uh, myself. Uh, another guy called Billy, and then a woman called Lorna. So there are yeah just five of us in the team. So I guess it started life as a family business, and it still feels like that, um, although we're not obviously all family. Where does your love of coffee come from? So obviously, as I said before, my my sister got me that stovetop kettle, which I started drinking coffee in. And also that um, bag of um, coffee beans. Yeah, that I got with it. So that was really tasty. And I, I realised that it was really interesting and, and could always be very different. But I think where that sort of came from, uh, when I was a kid, my parents always grew fruit and veg in the garden and we had, we had chicken, so we always had fresh eggs. And there was always an appreciation for like good quality food and drink. Um, 
And I really think that's influenced the things that I like now. So I said, we only really deal with high high quality coffee because it tastes so nice. And like I said before, just aim for quality. Don't do anything cheap and nasty. Um, and I think it's I've been really inspired by that upbringing of being able to go and like pick some veg from the garden and then eat it for tea there and then and how nice that tastes. And it's that real appreciation for quality and the effort that the farmers put in in the country that it's grown uh, and then how it tastes in the cup and and the sort of how delicious it is and you can sit down with a friend and enjoy a nice coffee and it's that's definitely that social thing as well so there's a there's a term i think it's a swedish word and it's fika and that it's a it's one word which means to sit down and have a coffee and a chat with a friend and that is something that I have always valued the the you know the importance and how nice it is to sit down with someone and just have a nice conversation and people do that over a coffee don't they and I think it's definitely come from that as well uh, being able to just sit and enjoy time with someone enjoying a nice coffee and being relaxed for sure so I think partly the food and drink side and then partly the the social side as well definitely what are your plans for the future um so obviously we're about to move into our new facility and we we know what we we're going to start with so we're going to start with a we're going to start with the coffee bar and be able to serve drinks to people um we don't really know where you know where we're going to be in well I definitely don't know where we're going to be in sort of 5 6 7 years time there are things in my mind that I would love to achieve so um at the moment we we can provide cafes with cold brewed coffee and what's called a nitrogenated cold brewed coffee, which is a coffee that's been infused overnight in cold water. And then we put it into a keg, like a beer keg, uh, and we infuse it with nitrogen. It's not alcoholic, but we can then provide that to a cafe and they can serve that on tap. And um, the nitrogenated cold brewed coffee, it looks like Guinness, if you've ever had a Guinness. Why do you put the, the coffee into like a beer keg? So we can... We can put like the a different like machine it. or something. So we can put the nitrogen into it under pressure because it's in a keg, and it gives it, it a like really a, creamy the, mouthfeel. The liquid nitrogen, the, the very cold stuff. No, it's it's gas, so it's not it's not that cold. But the reason we do it is because it gives it a really nice texture. It gives it a really enjoyable texture. We have got dreams to be able to can that and to be able to bottle it as well. So then, cafes who haven't got the space for all of the equipment which you need, so you need like a chiller and all of the beer lines and a gas canister. Uh, we've got dreams to, to be able to bottle and can those and be able to sell them directly to a cafe for them to put in their fridges. What so does this like can buy. Um, nitrogen gas actually do to like the coffee in this beer keg you mentioned? Uh, it gives it a, a sort of thicker, it's not, it's not really thick, it's still a liquid, but it gives it like a nice creamy texture. It's really enjoyable. Well, we would love to thank you very much for coming and nice doing our interview with us. Thanks very much. Thank <laughs> you. Thank you very much for having, for having an interview with us. Oh, you're all really welcome. It was good. It was really good. Thank you. <laughs> thank you for listening to our podcast. We would like to thank Nathan Prosser and Heartland Coffee for a great interview with us. Join us again for our next episode recorded at the Flound Festival in Clendidno. Goodbye!